0: sharp
1: pointed and insightful this is stacy on the right on american family radio and urban family talk if this is the best we've got coming out of uh, Mueller's investigation it is time that he writes the report closes it out and let the american people focus on what is important to them so hopefully this is the beginning of the end but uh, it can come none too soon for most americans
2: There's an old line when I covered the Reagan White House. It's appropriate to say here, those who know aren't talking. Those who talk don't Don't know. know. No, no, No. nobody outside of the special counsel's office knows what he's got.
3: But clearly, Robert Mueller and his team know a lot more than we know.
0: And we're going to have to wait to find out uh, whether it is substantive or not. And
1: now, Stacey Washington.
3: Welcome to the program. It is a fantastic day to be an American and also to be wearing a Christmas headband. Yep, it's the Upside Down Elf Legs. Yeah, you can see that if you're watching the live stream on Twitter or uh, Facebook or YouTube. Um, you can also catch a recap of all the headbands that have been worn on the Instagram account. Welcome to the show. I'm Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. And we have a great program planned for you today. First off, you heard it is Keep Christ in Christmas promo day. We're selling the wristbands. We want you to participate. We want you to jump in with us and really get excited about the prospect of not just celebrating christmas but making sure that everyone knows why we're celebrating christmas and that may seem a little like you you might be sitting there thinking well come on stacy that's silly everyone knows why we celebrate christmas well yes and no if you're younger and you're unchurched and you're growing up in you know this me too every other kind of era every every movement except that of the church and you haven't been really taught about the true meaning of Having a couple of weeks off at the end of the year and December 25th and December 24th and everything leading up to it, the not just the 12 days of Christmas, but the, the entirety of what we celebrate, which is that Christ was sent to take on human flesh and be born and to save us. He, he, he took all of that on because he loves us so much and that this was God's plan for us and, and that he was prophesied about many, 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 many generations before and that the prophecies were fulfilled and that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's alive and He's on the throne today and we can access Him. We have access to Him through prayer and the reading our Bible and the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's, it's a joyous time. And we want to make sure that we have an opportunity to kind of intersect that joyous time with our interactions with other people during the season. So at retailers, I noticed I've, I've been out getting some stuff together because I'm having a little Christmas shindig for my girlfriends. It's just my, my, my mom friends, all my friends. And they're coming over and we're going to be um, having brunch and drinking lattes and just enjoying ourselves. And I was noticing when I was out buying things for that and kind of getting, just, just gathering the things that are needed, that retailers now, they're like, oh, thanks for coming in or happy holidays. And so I almost felt like I was a rebel of some sort, but I've been saying, Merry Christmas. You know, not Merry Christmas, but Merry Christmas, like I really feel. And they've been saying, oh, thank you, Merry Christmas. So I don't think it's that employees don't want to say it. I don't think that, that there's any animosity towards it, at least not on a large scale, because I've yet to have anybody say, oh, no, I'm not saying that back to you. Everyone returns the greeting But we need to do more than that. And that's what today's promotion day is about. So let me tell you first, we're going to have Kimberly Klesik, Republican strategist and political commentator, coming on the show in the second segment. We're going to listen to a little bit of audio from Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. Don't you touch that dial. You stay right there. Don't get triggered because I said Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. Chris Cuomo actually scolded Don Lemon for getting really petty on the show. They were talking to each other and they were discussing The funeral of George H.W. Bush and how uh, President Trump was received. And there was the Shade Brigade and the Petty Brigade were in full effect mode on the pew in the church. Hillary Clinton refused to acknowledge or shake the hand of the president. Now, I get it. She's still bitter, but it was poor form for her. And so they were discussing it. So we're going to listen to a little bit of that audio. We'll get to your calls as well. 866-963-2037. But right now, I want to talk about the Keep Christ in Christmas Armband Day. So first off, we just discussed, it's the, the true meaning of Christmas. And it's the politically correct forces that really want to kind of take this thing over and say, look, we know originally we took time off at the end of the year and let kids out of school and you know everybody's got trees up, holiday trees, because of Christmas. But now we're a multicultural society and we need to be politically correct and we need to just only... You know, pay attention to what doesn't trigger people. And that's garbage. That's garbage. It's like somebody telling you on your birthday, well, we know we're celebrating your birthday and we're here for a party for your birthday, but we're just going to call it a birthday celebration. And everyone here has had a birthday. And so everyone here has birthdays. So we're going to celebrate everyone's birthday today. No, no, thanks. I'm not participating in that, that whitewashing, that removal of our history, that ignoring and putting God and his Sun sacrifice and everything that has that has been given for us into a box, sealing it up and pushing it in the corner and pulling forward an upside down Christmas tree. No thanks, so what we want you to do is to buy a set of wristbands they come in packages of ten. you can wear one for yourself and then pass the others out to friends and family so they can wear them and they're conversation starters and so you get. If you buy two, you get a discount. So you'll get 20 wristbands, but you'll get a a significant price break. And all of the shipping is already paid for. So all you have to do is order your set, and you get them shipped to you for free. The deadline to order is December 17th. We want you to order today. That's what we're kind of talking about today. In between our other news and information, you can call 877-927-4917, 877-927-4917, or... You can do it the easy way by ordering online. You go to afastore.net, afastore.net, afastore.net. You go there, you order your wristbands and then boom, you can check that off your list for today. Done. It's Thursday, the eve to Friday, and you can get that done in just like a matter of seconds. You know me, I like trying it out to make sure that I'm not telling you that it goes super fast and it's not, but it is. It goes super fast. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you that it does if it didn't. It's so easy, it's so quick afastore.net afastore.net now let's talk a little bit about um something that has been really it's it's something that's been getting on my nerves and i keep i keep thinking about it and i actually discussed it a little bit in a speech i gave recently because i think it's really important that we start to hone in on the fact that our actions are connected to um the actions of others and actions that we take or do not take can really materially impact the lives of other people, even to the point that they die. And nowhere is that more obvious than in the PG&E Tower and PG&E period out in California and what they've done or not done that contributed to the campfire that killed all of those people and destroyed the town of Paradise and ultimately has resulted in billions of dollars in property damage and loss And the upheaval and disruption of people's lives. So NBC Bay Area is now reporting that authorities are investigating the deadly campfire. They've actually come up with something significant. They're tying its origin to the failure of a single steel hook that held up a high voltage line that was installed on a nearly 100 old high voltage transmission tower. So a 100-year-old high-voltage transmission tower had a single steel hook, and that steel hook failed. That high-voltage line fell and ignited the fire. What a travesty. So you'd probably wonder, why would they have a PG&E transmission tower that was nearly 100 years old? Why wouldn't that have been updated, replaced, or at minimum refurbished to the degree that the oldest parts would no longer be the central mechanisms, the steel hooks at a minimum. I can't answer that. Now, the fire began at the base of a transposition tower, which serves to redistribute the electricity on the system to balance the load and assure safety. The tower has two arms holding out the jumper, which is a part of the line that's being shifted to another point at the top of the tower. Now, the arms each hold electrical insulators, which resemble a series of white discs, and authorities believe the fire started with the fracturing of a steel hook that holds up the insulators to the arms above. It is one of those hooks that failed in high winds the morning of November 8th. PG&E failed to maintain the tower, and they have an obligation to do that, and it means they are liable for this disaster. That is a quote from attorney Dario Del I'm gonna mess his name up, I think. Dario Di Gataldi. Dario Di DiCaldi. And he's actually suing PG and E over the, the campfire. He says they're responsible. Now, CAL FIRE would not comment for the story, citing the ongoing investigation, and PG&E would not address the information on the apparent cause, sending instead a statement to NBC Bay Area saying, quote, the cause of the campfire is still under investigation. We will continue to focus on assessing infrastructure, safely restoring power where possible, and helping our customers to recover and rebuild. Now, that's boilerplate. That's boilerplate to any kind of inquiry into something that occurred that might possibly the the company might possibly be held liable for. And, and, you know, what do we expect them to say? We know it's our fault. I mean, wouldn't that be refreshing? We know this is our fault. We plan to make good on it no matter what. That's the good old days. And even the good old days aren't the good old days because human nature is that we don't want to take responsibility when something falls down and it's our fault. When something fails and it's our fault. Human nature is that we don't want to take responsibility for it. So, uh, the, there's another attorney named Frank Petrie who has sued over both wildfires and the San Bruno gas explosion. And he worries that the hook failure is just more evidence than PG&E is not able to deal with the risks posed by its system. Which is a red flag. Parts of the system could fail due to corrosion and fatigue from decades of service. Now, again, what the, the point that I'm making here, because this story I mean, it literally, who's surprised by learning this? The details, yes, they may be a bit shocking, but overall, we knew someone had to be responsible for the fire. Someone either set the fire or it was caused by accident or by neglect and failure to maintain. So now we're finding out it's neglect and failure to maintain key systems and components that had they been maintained would have lessened the likelihood of this fire. So now we know that this happened. And that the detailed inspection should have occurred back in 2012 when five towers collapsed during a winter windstorm. So there was the the uh you know, a lot of times people will say, Oh no, there were no warnings. This was totally unexpected. But in something like this, where you're dealing with infrastructure, uh, known issues that it's not like PGE just got into the electric, you know, distribution business. They have been in business for just a very, very long time, decades after decades. And there are certain things that you have to do to maintain equipment, whether it's computers, cars, what have you, you know this. They know this. Their dereliction of duty is of a scale that really you sh- we should be seeing people being hauled out of pg e executive offices in handcuffs. Someone has to be held responsible for what's happened here. We're saying, this article is saying, and I've already said it on the air, y'all can go back and listen to the podcast, that people didn't do what they were supposed to do, either because they were influenced by lobbyists or because they just didn't want to or because there was no impetus for them to follow through on their mandated jobs. But now we're talking about them drawing link to link to link these attorneys. And these attorneys obviously have a motivation to see this thing through because they're expecting to be able to sue the electricity off of PG&E. They want to be able to sue them and get damages and awards for their the, for the victims who are their clients. So this lawyer, D. Gataldi says they should have taken a serious look at the entire circuit after those five towers collapsed in 2012, and appara- apparently they didn't do that, and that's a big problem for PG&E. It's a big problem for the people who were killed, who were made homeless, and who were harmed in many ways. The point I want to make is that No one's going to get away with anything. Whether or not these executives and utility line inspectors and managers who told them not to do the inspections or managers who ignored the results of the inspections, every single person will be held accountable. If not now, at the judgment seat. No one gets away. I'm not getting away. No one gets away. So it's best to do the job that we're mandated to do. We'll see and keep up with this, we'll bring you more. Don't forget, it's Keep Christ in Christmas, Armband Day, AFR.net, AFRstore.net. We'll be right back with more.
0: The Ministry of Preborn meets abortion-minded women right where they are. When a young mom sees her baby on ultrasound, she's 80% more likely to keep her baby.
2: And
4: I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever.
0: This mom chose life for her baby.
4: She's been such a joy. Her name even means rebirth and sort of being raised up from the ashes. Uh, I now see my daughter and I cannot imagine my life without my happy, lovely, joyful, smart baby. And I'm so grateful.
0: Preborn runs and leads Christian pregnancy centers all over the country. To find out more, go to preborn.com, that's preborn.com, or dial pound 250 and say the keyword, baby. That's pound 250 and say, baby. Your love can save a life.
1: Hi, I'm Crawford Luritz with a Legacy Moment. My dear friend and mentor, Robertson McQuilkin, wrote an article a number of years ago entitled Living by Vows. In it, he tells a story of his wife Muriel's decline due to Alzheimer's disease. Her condition got to a point where he needed to make a decision about her care. But for him, it was simple. He tells how years ago on their wedding day, he made a vow to care for her in sickness and in health. So here he was, one of the most influential Christian leaders, president of a thriving Bible college and seminary, and he decided to resign. He stepped down as president of Columbia International University to care for his wife in the last decade of her life. He just says, you live by your commitment. You live by your vows. In our culture today, love is reduced to a bunch of feelings and emotions. And because of this, oddly enough, people are starving for intimacy. So it is in our relationship with Christ. Sometimes we reduce it to too much of a feeling. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. In other words, Jesus says, You prove your love for me, not by your tears, not by your feelings, Crawford. You prove your love for me by obeying me. Love and intimacy are products of commitment, obedience, and following through. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. Perhaps you're feeling spiritually dry. Could it be that God is standing back because you haven't moved toward him in an act of your will and obedience? If you want to touch the heart of God, do what he says.
0: More information about the ministry of Crawford Lawrence can be found online at livingalegacy.org. Welcome back to
1: Stacey on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk
3: welcome back to the program it's keep christ in christmas armband day we want you to go to our site and participate with us by ordering a pack of armbands Um, you can order them at our website over at afrstore.net afrstore.net and that's where you can find out more, or you can call 877 927 4917. 877 927 4917, afrstore.net, um, where you can get your package of Keep Christ and Christmas armbands. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Kimberly Klasick. She's a Republican strategist and political commentator. Kimberly, thanks for joining the show today. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, we have. So much going on, I think one of the things that that has been a big, huge story um that's been kind of roiling the the internet is this push by a lot of different radio stations to ban baby it's cold outside because they say it has a consent issue
4: uh, <laughs> yes yes i've I've been watching that definitely.
3: So I I guess my question to you, Kimberly, is because I'm you're you're on the millennial generation, and some of the music that is really popular right now and driven by millennial, uh, you know, sales on iTunes and Google Play, et cetera, is music by Kanye West, uh, Beyonce, Jay Z, and in all of these songs, the sexual objectification of women and the there's there's violence, there's there's a lot of really. It's difficult stuff to listen to if it's not the genre of music you're used to to tuning into. Is far worse than anything you hear in "Baby It's Cold Outside." Why are people only paying attention to that song? You
4: know what? That's a great question. And the only thing I can say, I guess, to answer that is it's just good old fashioned political correctness at this point. Um, you know, it's it's kind of it reminds me of when we were trying to ban Christmas so hard. I would say probably about two or three years ago. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, nobody wanted to say Christmas Tree or Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. It's only Happy <laughs> Holidays. You know, It was just, it's like political correctness seems to really hit us in the face uh, pretty hard when it comes to the holidays. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah. And I feel like, why can't we just celebrate every one of these uh, holidays without having to diminish another? You know, you can love Hanukkah, you can love Christmas all at the same time. You can love these songs, and you're absolutely right. Daisy, there's so many songs, not even just rap songs. I've heard a lot of country songs uh, these days that are kind of like pop country um, that have, you know, some lyrics that I'm not used to hearing in the country, genre, but nobody calls that out. You know, it's about, you know, just trying to take away, I guess, what we're used to here in America. You know what I mean?
3: I do. And you know what, Kimberly, you make a good point because I, I said rap, but there's so you can listen to some rock songs um, and heavy mm-hmm. metal and hear some things where you're like, whoa, what what did you just say? Or, so it's not there, yeah. it's not um, it's not specific to anyone's genre, but I, I I go for rap because mainly, well, primarily, I remember when rap was much more it was just cleaner overall. And yeah. the evolution of rap into something that's almost—it's like words that are weapons, but the weapons are most often deployed against women. And the, mm-hmm. the things that are said in songs, that the declarations about you know sexual intimacy, et cetera, it all flies in the face of this—you know—it's supposed to be this completely upstanding movement, the Me Too movement, that's seeking to stamp out issues of consent across the country, but they, they just, I don't know if they've never heard rap music before or they just don't know it exists right. or what. You know, I'm just wondering, what, what. when do they address that?
4: Right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and you know what's so crazy about it is, honestly, now, I guess this song, maybe It's Cold Outside, it's probably everyone now knows exactly what it is and they've tried to listen to the whole thing. So now I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably one of the most popular songs out there Uh, because if people haven't heard it, they sure have now, because there's so much of a controversy about it. But you're right, there are so many songs that have so many other lyrics that we could say, hey, you know what, that is very disrespectful, it's it's degrading, but, you know, we're going to go towards this Christmas song because we hate Christmas and it's all about political correctness. (laughs) And to me, I mean, it's like, this has been going on for how many years, you know? you know, we'll check some songs and not the others. Um, To me, it's just like, why? Why? At this point, if it's on the radio and this is where we are, um, obviously, if it's getting airtime, you know, do we say something to the radio stations? Do we say something to those that are actually playing it? I mean, you know, was the artist held accountable for any of their songs or lyrics? (laughs) It's just like, you know, we're just going to pull it off the airwaves now because now someone has a problem with it.
3: Well, and the artisan baby, it's cold outside. Aren't they deceased? Like we're talking yeah. about a very old song. This song is this is not right. something that was just put out in the last ten years. This is an old old song. The other thing yeah. is, out of all the songs that are super popular, baby, it's cold outside is one of those ones where, you know, Kimberly, you're at the um, you're at the Home Goods, you know, you're at Macy's, mm-hmm. you're at Nordstrom Rack, you're at Nordstrom, or you're wherever you are, you're shopping. And you hear baby, it's cold outside in the background. And it's so ubiquitous that you don't even, you're not even singing it. You're not doing your shoulders like you do with the little Miley Cyrus Christmas song where you can't help but do the little dance. You know, your shoulders go Mm -hmm. off. Nothing's happening. Baby, it's cold outside comes (laughs) on. Nothing happens in your brain. It doesn't register. You don't even realize you've heard it. I've heard it so many times out in public that I don't even, it's like background noise to me. Like if you live near an airport, you don't hear the planes anymore. It's like that. I can't. I, right. I can't find a less consequential song for people to be this upset about.
4: Right. No, you're absolutely right. I, when I first thought about it, I thought, wait a minute, Santa Baby, I think, is a little more suggestive lyrics than maybe it's cold outside. But for <laughs> some reason, that's the song that was chosen.
3: <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, geez, yeah. Well, I, I bet you if we thought about it hard, and I admit <laughs> going into this thing that I'm not a a hugely up to date popular music person, I like to just. I'll just hear a song that I like and I have Shazam on my phone. I'll click the Shazam button. It finds that song for me. And so I'll hear that one song from that artist without ever checking out any of their other music. But the Mm -hmm. one song that I like, I'll just have that one on my, on my, you know, on my phone and it'll just rotate in and out until I get tired of it. And then I'll delete it off of that device and that's it. So I may never even find out very much about an artist unless there's someone that I've heard from someone, oh, you know, you should listen to this person. So it's right. but I'm sure even with my limited exposure you and I could sit here if we wanted to and we could come up with a top 10 list of songs that are rankly offensive and disgusting and should never have been made into music that insult and degrade women in ways that really it's almost sometimes I listen to um some of the the music from right when I kind of said you know what that's it for me I'm going to just stop tuning into these stations I promise you Kimberly I, I was shocked at how people, the human ability to manipulate words into disgusting terms to degrade mm-hmm. women, it's like its own PhD art form. It's it's unbelievable the way people can come up with stuff to say that's negative about women. Yeah. Yep.
4: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's crazy from our bodies to, you know, and a lot of times our hair, the way mm-hmm. we wear it, you know. It's, you know, the clothes that we wear. It's like you can name anything, and and they can rhyme it with anything. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 Yeah, and it's like, oh, my gosh, how did they even come up with this? But they can, and you know, and that's what sells. Even when you look at the music videos, you know, it's just like that is what sells. And I I know I'm guilty of it, too, when I'm on social media. You know, I know which picture is going to get more likes and more hits. and more followers. You just know because that's just how we are today in America. So to go back in time is to pick out baby it's cold outside, uh, somebody must just have an axe to grind. <laughs> because it makes absolutely no sense. And it's it's almost like banning speech, you know, it's like here we've got the freedom of speech thing going and, you know, we can say this and do what we want and protest this, protest that, but we cannot listen to baby it's cold outside in public.
3: So yeah, I think it's kind of crazy. Um but I knew I knew you would have interesting perspective on that. And now I just so Kimberly, I know you you've probably already discussed this so many times on Fox and everything, but I need your your input here. Um, mm-hmm. Don Lemon <laughs> and Chris Cuomo were on TV discussing the fact that um, you know, Hillary Clinton was the queen of petty nation at the funeral yesterday and wouldn't <laughs> acknowledge President Trump, who honestly, I know he was probably like really, really chick you lost, you know, so you don't, don't acknowledge me then. And you know how he is. He probably had tweets forming in his mind, but he didn't because he was at a funeral. Uh, But she, she was the queen of petty nation and Don Lemon actually had one of his camera people come on to the scene so he could demonstrate how he would have kept his hands down and just given him a curt nod and then turned, you know, to try to rebuff him. (laughs) And Chris Cuomo actually said, you know what, dude, you're a petty and small individual which i'm, I'm surprised by that because you know chris cuomo is not exactly my favorite person so mm-hmm. what what do you make of this need for hillary clinton to try to put donald trump down when she's been talking about him non-stop since she lost like she says his name every day and and i just don't i don't get why she she couldn't just shake his hand
4: right no it doesn't make any sense and you know i i sent a tweet out saying, thank you, Michelle Obama and and Melania Trump for keeping it classy. It didn't make any sense. But she's, to me, this is a way for her to stay relevant. You know, the more she talks down about Trump, the more that she ignores him publicly, you know, she's still in the the light. And so to me, it was really selfish because here you are at the funeral, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) The president is George Bush, and you feel the need to have the cameras on you by not shaking his hand or not even just acknowledging his presence. I mean, to me, she's just so selfish and self-centered. And and this is why I'm glad that she did not win, uh, because this just shows to me just who she really is. I know she says a lot of times that she thinks President Trump is a narcissist, but I think she has those traits within herself. (laughs) She does. (laughs) She does, because she...
3: Well, first of all, I always say, you know, the, the Democrats project their true intentions, their activities, their actions onto other people. And so when she says he's a narcissist... We all know how much she thinks and discusses herself. She thinks she was actually born to be president of the United States. If that's not narcissism, I've never like, you know, it's okay to say stuff like that. If you've already won, then you can get away with it. Because people are like, oh, well, you are the president. But if you've you've yet to win, but you still think you were born to do it. All of us are kind of like, we don't see it. I don't see the born part of it. So she's got this whole thing about her that she's got to talk about Donald Trump and people who voted for him strangers that she's never met, like me. She's Mm -hmm. got to talk about us and say things about us that are utterly insulting and ludicrous all the time. And she loves doing it in foreign countries like India and England and places like Mm -hmm. that. But at this funeral, where honestly, it was really an honor for her to be invited. If you think about the way the Clintons have gone after the Bush family and anyone who ever worked for them, Mm -hmm. the Bush family could have been petty and said, we'll have we'll have the trumps because he's the president, we'll have the obamas because they were the president before, and if carter yep. can make it, we'll have him as well, but we ain't having no clintons. They could have said right. that and nobody would have said a thing. Now liberals would would have had something to say, but most Americans would have been like, well, there is bad blood there. I mean, they those the, those families are at each other's throats. But instead, they said everyone come and then they seated them in their order of being the president, so it was literally a chance for americans to feast our eyes upon all of our leadership for decades mm-hmm. and and realize yeah. that one one family's missing from the the lineup obviously george bush you know the son and his wife weren't mm-hmm. sitting in the pew and then of course george herbert walker bush where the funeral is for they're not in the pew it was a beautiful right demonstration of the longevity of the American presidency and how long our presidents actually live. They don't, they don't die in their fifties. They. they just, they're not physically unhealthy. There's a lot of lessons to be seen in watching those people sitting on that pew. And she had to mm-hmm. just try to jack it up. Yep. You're absolutely right. But, and this is what's so crazy about it. It's
4: like, like you said, they were at odds that the Bushes and the Clinton's forever. And so for me, and then you saw when the Bush Jr. came in, he shook everyone's hand, he gave Michelle a mint, you know, for their ongoing joke. And here's the time for her to show that we can all be sitting here in unity, right? But no, she has to be the vices. She has to be the center of attention. She could have shown everybody across the world, not even just the country, across the world, how we can all come together, especially uh-huh. at a time at a funeral, and shake hands and be cordial. And, you know, remember such a leader, but she couldn't do it. She couldn't get past herself and her selfish need, her selfish need to just be the center of attention. And for her to be like, oh, I don't like Trump. I'm not going to acknowledge him. I mean, this is to me, it feels a deal. Like you said, what she calls everybody. I mean, she still has never apologized for calling um, Trump supporters deplorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she that says she really, regretted it
3: because apparently it hurt her election. But she didn't say yeah. she was sorry. <laughs>
4: Right, right. She never said I'm sorry. I couldn't do
3: that. Right? <laughs> because you're not that. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry that, that you're per- deplorable. I mean, I'm sorry I said you were deplorable. Nothing. We've got nothing. Not even the fake apology. <laughs> no. So no, I not at all. I nope. so I I also you mentioned the the ongoing joke between George Bush uh, and his you know and 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 Mrs. Obama, and so he mm-hmm. hand it was totally unexpected. You could tell she was not expecting him to carry on the joke. But when she got the mint in her hand, she looked down and then she looked up at him like, oh, we're still doing this. And then he went on yeah. to shake the next hand. And I thought to myself, I like that they have their own little joke going on. I actually think that's super cool. Like that—that That is something that, you know, we you want to keep your sense of humor. I am as hard yeah. on the right as you can possibly get, but I also have a sense of humor. And if there's a way to, you know, lighten the load, ease the tension, to laugh for a quick second because we are still all human beings. I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. I wish that Melania Trump or any any one of the others, any one of them had had, like Bill Clinton, if he had handed a mint to George after he handed the mint to Mrs. Obama, you see? So he would have gotten a mint back, but not from the same person he gave it to. And then the joke would have really been, you know, extended if you will. Right. Yeah, ah. absolutely. Mm. absolutely. I, well, maybe we'll see something like that the next time they're all together. Although this was such a sad occasion. I'm hoping we don't have to go through this again yeah. anytime soon. Kimberly, I love it when you come on the show. Thank you for uh, bringing us some levity and and great analysis today. Kimberly Classic, Republican strategist. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Talk to you again soon. All right. We will be back with more. Don't forget, Keep Christ in Wristbands Day is here. It's afastore.net, afastore.net to get yours. We'll be back with more right after this. This is just a minute with Stacey Washington. A Republican from Oklahoma has a plan to fund completion of the wall at our southern border. Senator Jim Enhoff's solution is simple. Reduce illegal immigrants' access to federal welfare and use those savings to fund the wall. Here are the specifics. The Wall Act would require each person seeking to collect the child tax credit to have a work-authorized Social Security number instead of just the child. It would also require that E-Verify be used to prove citizenship. The minimum fine levied against illegal border crossers would be increased. With Open Borders Democrats poised to take over the House in January, Inhofe's plan should be implemented during the lame duck session. It's no secret that America is a great place to live. Congress should act quickly to end the attraction of taxpayer-funded easy living for illegal immigrants. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com.
1: I'm Will Addison, director of Urban Family Talk. We desire to be a movement of time tellers. In 1 Chronicles 12.32, it says, the sons of Issachar were men who had understanding of the time to know what Israel ought to do. In these perilous times, God is raising up a people of discernment who will see, pray, and act. We sound the alarm as watchmen. We cry aloud that God's people may be activated for his service. Join the movement at UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Pastor Joseph Parker. You know, obviously when things are going well, it's much easier to have an attitude of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. But even when things are going difficult, it's important to know too, there's never a time that's inappropriate for us to thank and praise God. Now, some may ask, well, what about when you're going through difficult times, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? We can have two different responses. We can worship or we can whine. Tune in to the Hour of Intercession, weekday afternoons at 1 Central on Urban Family Talk.
0: What you get for your money? Getting something for nothing sounds good, but it rarely happens. Consider all those zero percent interest offers on credit cards or a new car. Buyer beware! What you get for your money may not be such a good deal at all. Let's look at zero percent financing. The website BeatTheCarSalesman.com says it's just a hook to get customers to bite. Those deals can come with a number of pitfalls, including the possibility of an inflated price point before you even get to financing, or credit card terms that force you to pay off a purchase in months, or else the interest balloons astronomically. Also, financing at zero. 0% interest is usually reserved for drivers with a sterling credit score. And think about this, many customers find out they don't qualify after they're already in the dealership, at the table, and in love with that new car smell. And for those who do qualify, a 0% interest car loan is in many cases for a shorter term, like 36 months instead of 60 months, meaning you could wind up paying more per month for the same car than you would by stretching out the payments over five years or more. But for those who find 0% interest works for them, it can work well. Just read the fine print. That's what you get for your money. I'm Derek Dennis, Fox News.
1: You can download episodes of Stacey on the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I want to say that
5: I don't think I would shake hands with him. I don't know. I would just, nope, couldn't do it. I'm not that big a person. I would hope that I would be, but I don't... uh, I can't fake the funk, as I say. I'm not saying the Obamas did that, but there they go, right there.
1: Oh, I don't think it's about faking the funk. I yeah. think it's about showing respect for something bigger than them. Uh, Why the media- would
5: they do it when he doesn't? But I understand oh, what you're come saying.
1: On. That's not the measure. No,
5: that's not, but... They can. They can. They show. What are you talking about, Chris? They showed respect for the office. Yes. The way they conducted themselves yes. in office. No scandal. There yes. was no trash. There was no affair. There was. Amen. A, they showed the ultimate respect for the office. They do not have to show respect for someone who does not respect them. Someone who tweets out pictures of them behind bars of the president's. Bar. you don't have to show respect for, for that kind of person. Here, let me show you what I would. You don't have, done. have to. Well, let me show you. I want to show you something. You don't let me have show to. you what I would have done. Okay, come here. Come here, Go Dom. Ahead. Come here, Dom. Try oh, to poor Don. Try to You're petty and small. not petty and small. That's real, brother. That's real. Mm-hmm. And, and, and real petty and
3: you small. This is- so, so Cuomo says it's real petty and small. Now, I'm going to point out a couple things here. First of all, um, are you telling me that Hillary Clinton hasn't said negative things about Donald Trump? Oh, she has. Not just Donald Trump, but his supporters as well. So if they're going to be petty about who's done what, then... Nobody's shaking anybody's hand because in the world of politics, when they start jousting, it's not jousting with marshmallows on on, uh, you know, tiny twigs that you found out in, in your side yard. It's true political warfare that they've been engaging in. They were fighting over the right to determine the direction of this country for four years and to for. I just don't know what world Don Lemon lives in, in which there were no scandals during the Obama administration. Did not the Obama IRS target Americans based on their political ideology for basically saying you can't you can't run a a not for profit and have status. You got to pay for all this stuff out of your own pocket. You can't raise money because you're going to do Tea Party stuff because you believe in the Constitution. What about the gun running scandal? Eric Holder sent guns down uh, south of the border and we had uh, uh, Agent Terry killed. I think Agent Terry's family would say there was a scandal. What about the four people who were killed in Benghazi? That, that's a bit of a scandal. I mean, I could go on. What about all the money that was wasted on the green energy boondoggle that Michelle Mock and I think she's written three books about it—three books worth of scandal from the Obama administration on how they they gave tax money to companies that. Literally got the money and within six months were shuttered. They were supposed to be doing green energy, but instead of doing green energy, they just took the money and ran. No scandals? Maybe in Don Lemon's world, but here, out here in real world, in Realityville, there were scandals. Yeah, Barack Obama didn't have any affairs. We give him kudos for that. A lot of presidents have had a problem in that area, but uh, scandal-free. Nah, nah. He was not. He was not even close to being scandal free. Not even. Not even close. He wasn't even not close. He was not even not even close. Doubly not close. Like far away. Like orders of magnitude away from not close. He was, you know, another galaxy apart from not close to not having any scandals. Okay. Let's go to the phones. We have Mary in Kansas. Mary, thank you for calling in today.
2: Hi, Stacey. Uh, I have a comment then a question on the keep Christ in Christmas. I had already decided last year I, we do a cake or something every year celebrating Jesus' birth because my grandson asked me to. Oh. And so this year we were putting down keep Christ in. Then we make a cross with so Christmas going down, in Christ going across. Oh. So we're doing in 27 cupcakes, but at the end of the tea, we put the crown or our Lord, and people can do that, and the kids really—and people really get a kick out of seeing that, celebrating the birth of Christ. But my question is, I can't say to watch TV when Hillary refused to shake hands with President Trump. Did Bill Clinton or Obama, any of them, shake hands with President Trump? I was just curious. Mm-hmm. The yeah, channel. they did. Oh, they did. Oh, um, well.
3: The oh, others shook hands, and they, they it wasn't a long embrace or anything, but uh, Barack Obama— shook his hand, but the look on his face was like, I could fall through the floor right now, but he shook the president's hand. He did. So did Michelle Obama. Well,
2: that, that's good. That's good. I was just wondering that. And thank you. And keep crossing, and us, And God bless you. Bye-bye. Oh, thanks.
3: Thanks, Mary. Uh, and, and cool idea about the cupcakes. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and, and she, if you're visualizing it, she's got the cupcakes and they're in the shape of a cross. And that is wonderful for demonstrating to the kids. What, um, what we're, what the reason for the season and all of that. And I love that. I I love it when I get to hear about people who have grandkids doing stuff for their grandkids. I have a really soft place in my, like, I'm, I'm so obsessed with it. So all my friends who have grandkids, um, most of them are, like, not local to the area. But a couple of them have grandkids. But um, most of my friends who have grandkids live elsewhere, like in Texas and places like that. And so I see on their Instagram account where they're doing stuff with their grandkids. I'm like, ooh. Now I do have one girlfriend who I get to see tomorrow who has grandkids. And I follow her grandkids' exploits on Facebook. So, um, but yeah, the, I I love hearing about what people are doing with the grandkids and trying to help them, um, kind of keep up with what is going on around them and to teach them and make these new traditions because it's special. I remember doing stuff with my grandma when we would come back from Germany to the United States and she would have special stuff she'd do with us in the summer to celebrate us being there. And any other time we came to visit, she would always try to do something with us, me and my sister, because we would live the furthest away and we were the least likely to actually be in Tennessee at the time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, so now I want to turn over to something. I know, and you've got to be thinking to yourself, um, why is there so much discussion about these presidential candidates? Well, you know, you don't want to talk about President Trump's accomplishments. And there's only so much bashing they can do. And so there's a lot of discussion about um, the presidential candidates. And, and the Democrats' field is extremely full. I mean, to the point of, like, crazy town. It's full. And so what, what they're doing is you have a lot of people who are kind of going about The machinations, I believe Elizabeth Warren already knows she's running. Uh, Why else would she do that whole stunt? Uh, Speaking of the stunt that she pulled with the DNA test, she has uh, really offended a lot of people with that. And I know, look, I thought it was hilarious and silly and idiotic all at the same time. But for people who consider her a serious presidential contender, it was just like her pouring you know, saying, I'm going to take a whole bunch of of good, clean American dollars and put them in a pile, a fire pit or something, and throw gasoline on and set them ablaze because it really damaged her standing with the Indian tribes. And she's from a state where there are considerable votes in the Indian tribes. And, well, support anyway. There's considerable support there. And so in light of that, she really shot herself in the foot with the DNA test because a lot of people feel like that whole DNA testing thing, it harkens back to a time when it was like one drop and you're black, one drop and you're, you know, you're this and you're that, you you know, it, it's, it harkens back to a, a more negative time. And for people who aren't obsessed with race, it's kind of like it gives, it gives Elizabeth Warren's opponents an opportunity to poke her again on an issue that shouldn't be an issue. She should stop talking about being descended from American Indians. Just stop it because it, it doesn't help her at all. So some of her advisors on condition of anonymity, and this is reported by Alex Griswold over at the Washington Free Beacon, are talking about you know her making a full apology for doing the DNA test in the first place. So remember back in October, she releases this DNA test showing that she had Native American ancestry dating back to somewhere between six and 10 generations, but she hailed the results as a win. She was attacked not just by conservatives who mocked it, but by Native American groups that have historically opposed the use of DNA to prove ancestry. They use family records, your mom, the mom's mom, et cetera, the father. You know, you have to have some tangible human connection to A tribe in order to claim membership. They trust that more than they trust DNA. Now, I'm not calling into question the validity of DNA, but I am saying it is utterly ridiculous not to, um, honor the, the, the traditions of these tribes. The tribes have a way of claiming their own people or for a person to say, I'm one of you. And she just totally flouted that even after she'd been told. She says, uh, that it created a, a mockery and that it was it, that it really, it saddened her uh, supporters and some, and the New York times is reporting that some of her supporters and even staffers have privately expressed concern that she may have damaged her relationships with native American groups and her own standing with progressive activists, particularly those that are racial minorities trouble in the camp. I don't mind it. Cause I don't think she should run for the presidency, but this doesn't bode well for her because, and in my opinion, these kind of missteps made in the lead up to an announcement that she's going to run, she'll be making these kinds of mistakes after she's announced she's going to run. And people who are thinking about bankrolling her campaign should consider that. She's not the one. It's not her day. But, you know, that's my opinion. All right, let's go back to the phones. We have Jake in Arkansas. Thanks for calling in today. Yes, ma'am. I got,
2: I got three things. Right, quick, I won't hold you long. You know, sure. we just have to look over Hillary because she'll never grow up. And another <laughs> thing that I used to be a Democrat until my kids got out of college and they convinced me and showed me that I was wrong. And I, and I switched over to a Republican. And why come I never hear anybody talk about all the money that Obama gave to the Muslimhood?
3: Oh, yeah. You're talking about the, uh, think- the, the Brotherhood? Yes. yeah. Yeah, and, yeah you're right. I no one ever talks the- about that yeah oh thank you, thank you, Jake, for calling in um that and also remember when he put one point seven billion dollars in cash on a pallet he had to put some of it in American dollars and some of it in Swiss francs and then they shipped that by military plane to another country to have the money converted so that it could be taken to iran do you do you remember that I mean honestly there's a I'm sure somewhere on the repository of knowledge known as the internet there is a list of all of the Obama administration scandals that we could go to. And Jake is right. We don't even talk. There were so many. We don't even talk about them all. And that also goes to what I've been saying to people who have been saying, well, I get accused a lot on social media and, and privately in email of having an obsession with Obama. You should let it go, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't have an obsession with President Obama. And I, I didn't hate him at any point that he was the president. I don't hate him now. I don 't have an obsession with him, but I do think he was given the total like kid glove treatment, and he, he's a grown man with a fantastic education that he doesn't want us to know much about because he sealed all the records, and he was the president of the United States, and so if he didn't have big boy pants enough to be able to handle criticism, then why in the world was he the president? That's my thing, you know. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about that. Now, there are other things that we could be talking about, and we will. We'll get to um, criticism of migration actually could become a criminal offense. And this is under the UN Global Pact. It's a proposal uh, known as the UN, United Nations Global Compact for Safe, Orderly, and Regular Migration. First of all, regular migration? So that means everybody from every other country will be coming to all of the good countries regularly? Somebody ought to have a word with these people at the UN. I don't understand how they get to stay there. Why do they get to stay there and maintain these jobs when they have this silliness that they keep proposing? It says here there are 23 objectives within this, um, you know, UN Global Compact for managing migration in a better fashion at all levels. It Is slated to be adopted in an intergovernmental conference on December 10th and 11th in Marrakesh, Morocco. And initially, all 193 UN member nations except for the United States backed it. Now, you gotta be kidding me. You're telling me that the European countries that are currently experiencing all of this crazy migration, they back this garbage? You're telling me that um, Russia and China back this garbage only because it threatens American national sovereignty, it threatens the European sovereignty. They only, they only support it because it gives them an opportunity to see countries that they normally can't come up against be weakened. So now some countries have reversed course and are echoing America's concerns about it. The document represents an intergovernmentally negotiated agreement prepared under the auspices of the United Nations. Boo. That covers all dimensions of international migration in a holistic and comprehensive manner. It's the first ever such agreement and was conceived after the biggest influx of migrants to Europe since World War II. Now, the agreement, if ratified, would actually threaten national sovereignty. This is the whole, like, why do we have the UN besides peacekeeping? Because they want to be sovereign over all of our countries instead of us having our own way. It criminalizes anti-migration speech, thwarts freedom of the press, because you can't report on the migration, and maybe even establishes a problematic legal framework. In other words, Do you have your own legal system in your country? Well, of course you do, but that's not going to be good enough for us. When it has to do with migrants, you have to use our system, which basically means migrants win, you lose, stop talking. Among other things, governments are asked to promote independent, objective, and quality reporting, stop allocation of public funding for material that supports media outlets that systematically Promote intolerance, xenophobia, racism, or other forms of discrimination towards migrants. Yeah. No, thanks. I'm glad we have Donald Trump because Hillary would be all over that. She would love to sign something like that, which is why she's not the president. Yes. Another day without Hillary. Isn't it great? All right. That's the music. We have more for you. But you also have news and information coming up from onenewsnow.com. So stay right there.